Welcome to the What in the Shoebox podcast with Suji and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Mm. Hey, Ed. <laughs> hey. How are you? Good. How was your week? My week was good. Um, you know, just busy stuff, but the highlight obviously was Mother's Day for me. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I think a lot of um, moms feel this like obligation to do stuff with their kids. And obviously I did. I had dinner with my kids and my mom, which, you know, is a very typical thing, but my kids were like, you know, mom, we're gonna go to brunch. Daddy's gonna take us to brunch. I'm like, no, no, you're not. They're like, why? And I was like, so my girlfriends, three moms that I'm like best friends with, we were sitting at dinner, like maybe like a month ago. And they're like, what are you doing for Mother's Day? What are your plans for Mother's Day? And we were like, oh, probably, you know, the usual, the kids are gonna cook breakfast, make a fucking mess. And like, you know, you have to clean it up, you know, in the afternoon, it's, it's the gesture is nice, but overall it's just like, oh my God, like you can hear them clanking pans and fighting. And the my husband's like, I don't know, is it like 375 or 400 for the, and I'm like, he'll like knock on the door. Scrambled eggs doesn't need an oven, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right, right. And like, they mean well, and it's like a lovely gesture, but like the idea of having to do that, I was just like, why don't we just kind of go out and do brunch ourselves? And they're like, oh my God, this is a great idea. So the, the four of us got together and we went to brunch at Boa and we had this really like delicious spread of food and we drank and we talked shit and it was exactly what moms want to do on Mother's Day. So like, it was the first time that I spent Mother's Day like fully away from my kids for at least part of the day where normally it's like you're with them all day. Yeah. And like your kids would be like really excited about it in the morning. Like, you know, they'll give you donuts and flowers or whatever, but afterwards it's just like a regular day. Yeah, you're just yeah. like cleaning up and making lunch and all that shit. And I was yeah. like, no, I'm out. I'll see you guys later. And so I went out for like three hours and it was fucking awesome. And then you did stuff with the kids. Yeah, and then my mom came yeah. over um, and my daughters were there and I went over to my sister's house with her and her kids and we, you know, FaceTime with my older sister and all this stuff, you know, we did like the mom stuff. It's a full day, you know, I just don't, I just don't think that, and I'm not speaking for all moms, but I myself as a mom, I think in order to exercise some self care, it sometimes means being away from your kids. And I think for my daughters, especially like, teaching them that it's okay to like take care of themselves and to like do things outside of just serving others all the time is okay. And it's not selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why like Mother's Day is like kind of confusing because I feel like, I feel like it's a day to make everyone else but the mom feel like they're appreciated. That's kind of how I felt about it too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I'm the one who's running around and cleaning up still because, oh, you guys do all the cooking, let me clean up. I'm like, no, let somebody else cook for me. Let somebody like, let, let me just take it out of the yeah. house. And I think, you know, I was talking to my youngest and I was like, how did you feel about me going out this afternoon with my friends? And she's like, I think it was great. Did you have fun? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, that's what that your day is for, isn't it? I was like, oh, that's oh. very much right. <laughs> I was like, I, yes. And she's like, and now you're with me. Ugh, I feel like I would have been like very offended as a child. Really? They're so good about that. But because I've modeled it for so long, like they know that between the hours of 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., I am at the gym don't bother me. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I go. I do this because I want to be healthy and my being healthy and mentally well, you know, and working out does that for me is so that I can come home and be yeah. a good mom for you. The things that I do are in an effort to better myself, which then betters me overall, you know? And I think instilling that in my daughters this early on is really, really important because I don't want them to feel like they just have to constantly give. That's bullshit. Yeah. And it's so like, 
patriarchal and it's so like misogynistic that we have to just serve all day long. Fuck that. Fuck that so hard. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like even when you watch in movies or like hear of other people's days, it's like even if you don't clean it that day, then you're just like then oh. it's just that Monday. Yeah. You, uh, the moms always have moms are always the ones who have to deal. Even if like the kids and the dads clean, I feel like are they? It's never really, really? not to the standards <laughs> that it should be right. for people who are used to. And you know, I posted a video about my day. And I was like, the video is just like me being like, I'm going out for Mother's Day, you know, join me or whatever. And then it's just like a, the next shot is like me and my girlfriends. And I'm like, you didn't think I was having brunch with my kids. It was just like a cheeky video or whatever. And this one woman's like, you know, some of us like spending our time, spending time with our kids. And I'm like, she's like, you know, you're taking for granted the fact that they're the ones that made you a mom. I'm like, what the fuck about this video made you think all those thoughts? Like, that's so insane to me. Like, I'm sorry, but I had a personality before I had kids. And I could like, I liked my personality. And I if, have every intention on maintaining my personality. Like, I didn't give up being a human being because I came up, became a mother. Being a mother just became part of the human I already was. Yeah. You know, like, I think there are so many women who it's like, and if you didn't have a personality before and having kids gave you one, great, more power to you. But I was a fully developed person yeah. with thoughts and a sense of humor and you know things that I wanted to achieve before I had kids. And I want them to know that like, obviously having kids is amazing. My kids are the best. They're so great. But I also know that like, I need to devote time to myself. You know, yeah. and I think a lot of people, a lot of women have a hard time, not only like, asking for that, but like just demanding or just taking it. It's okay, you know, and I'm not trying to validate or invalidate anybody's experience as a mother. We're all different. But for me and for most of the moms I know, we're better when we give ourselves permission to the, do the things that we want to yeah. do. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's I think it's twofold. I think there's some people who like wanted to be a mother their whole lives, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like that that's big part of their identity. Yeah. And I'm not saying that being a motherhood isn't big for every mother because it obviously is sure. like impermeate, permeates yeah, every part life of your altering life. For, forever. Right. But like, I think it's valid for both different types of people where some people are like a mother isn't all that I am. And other people are like a mother is all I've ever wanted to be. Right. And both of those are valid. But it doesn't make the one invalid just because you're right. one or the other. Yeah, I, I see like mom bloggers and mom, you know, social media influencers and whatever, like they are full throttle mom, mom, mom all the time. And it's like, that's great. If that works for you, great. Or like, you know, women who judge working moms or working moms who judge stay at home moms. There's so much like animosity between the two camps. I find it so crazy to me. Yep, I, it, it's like some sort of weird insecurity where they feel like the other group invalidates their experience. Right. And maybe some of it is trauma because, you know, some vocal people on the other side were like, you're not doing it right, right. you're not a woman, or right. you're not, you know, but. How can you work and be away from your kids? Or how can you just only be about your kids? Like look, we're all gonna do different shit. We all wanna do and live our lives differently. Yeah. And I think finding a, striking a balance for yourself in whatever way works for you is something that I think is really important for all of us to understand is different. And we should be accepting of other people's positions on how they feel about it. Like I, I personally don't know how stay at home moms do it. I would lose my fucking mind. But I think also, I became a mom later in life. I didn't become a mom till I was 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and by that time I had established a lot of like my career and what I was doing with my life. And so I just didn't know how to give that up, nor was I, nor no, really could I, to. or did I want to. Right. And so I was already very much solidified in what I was doing. So, you know, so I couldn't just walk away from it. I didn't want to walk away from it. So I, <laughs> staying home, like during like Christmas vacation, I get 
really stir crazy. Like two, three solid weeks just home with my kids is it's a lot for me. I'm like, yeah. I have to go mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I now it's have to do I have to do it now. We don't even have a lawn. We yeah. have like rocks. It's December. It's also December. <laughs> right, Grass right, does not grow. Right. Even like, in California. I have to go water the car. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. like anything. I'll do anything, you know. But they get that too though. And I've taught them that personal time and space is important for them too. And they're only 11 and eight, but like my youngest will be like, you know, mom, I just kind of need to just chill out and just spend a little time by myself. And I'm like, great. And my older daughter is the same way. She's like, I'm just gonna chill in my room and I'll let you know, you know, when I'm feeling up to being social and like, great. And I think yeah. that's something that I, I never got. I never yeah, got that yeah. from Harris. It was like, my parents were like, you do what we tell you when we tell you. And that was that. And I think that's why I work so hard to kind of live against those ideals because I don't want my kids to live like that. Yeah, it's a bit constraining. And I feel like there are obviously a lot of different ways to parent and nobody should be parented the same because like different kids need something different. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like even as individual parents, you should be like somewhat altering your parenting per child, right? But I think there's something very dangerous, I don't know if is the right word, but it, it, it can get a little rocky if you don't prioritize your mental health. Of course. Because then at the very least you can have to like kind of pressurize your child. Oh I yeah. Think, too, you know, which well, there's so much projection, right? When you're not taking care right. of your mental health. Exactly. Right. Because when I don't get to do the things that I want, when I don't get to work out because I have other obligations that pertain to my kids or my husband or whatever, or if I don't get to have like a girl's night every once in a while, if I don't get to go on a date with my husband, where does that resentment go? Right. It, it funnels itself. If I'm not doing the things that I want to just like take care of myself and like enjoy my life, what does that breed? Resentment. Right. Somebody gave this like really good analogy. I think it was about like <laughs> cheesecake and putting a piece of cheesecake in your purse. And <laughs> like you put the piece of cheesecake in your purse and you close the purse. The cheesecake doesn't stay cheesecake forever. Eventually it festers and it rots and it becomes something gross because you're just not like letting it out. I'm like, oh, that's gross, but makes total sense. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you can't let those things fester. You have to, you know, take care of yourself because otherwise you're no good to anybody. Yeah, well, first off, just going back real quick, holidays as an adult aren't days off anymore. It is. Birthdays, Christmases, Easter's, all of it is work. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, Thanksgiving. I have to cook for two or three days straight. Yeah. And we only get one day off for two days Tooth off. Fairy. Easter Bunny, Santa Claus. Who the fuck do you think is up for? They're all me. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. me all the time. It's so much work. Okay, like so you know the Elf on the Shelf thing, right? I okay. don't want to, but so yeah. the Elf on the Shelf is this Santa's helper that like travels around the house and does zany, funny things, and you like he or she. I think I was a she. Um, will find herself in like precarious situations or making snow angels out of flour. Or like Toy Story style, like playing with other toys before the sun came up. 30 days, you have to figure it out. <laughs> 30 days of being creative and trying to figure out different scenarios. You don't have to be scenarios. creative anymore. Just steal them from, uh, from social media, everyone else's. Oh, but, you, but, but still, it is a lot of work. Or like when you forget, you wake up like the morning, you're like, oh my God, I didn't move the elf. You just take it, you just like chuck it. You're like, I don't know where the elf is. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, it's so much work. And like Christmas and like making it magical. Is but is it only one time per day? Yes. So they just got caught in the morning. Yes. And, and then they, they freeze just in that position stay that way all day. All day. Yes. Okay. But you know, like 
there are only so many places you can fucking hide a thing, you know, and you only so many snow angels or like toilet paper snowmen you can make <laughs> before you're like, I just can't do this anymore. But some moms love it. And I love some days of it. But it's just like, you know, and it's not even just that. It's it's like you said, like the birthday parties and the Christmases and Thanksgiving. It's just like, because my parents were not into those things at all. You know, like they didn't no. throw us big lavish birthday parties. Did it, the Christmas was just like, yes, here are the gifts. But there wasn't I had like a- one birthday party. Aww. <laughs> I think, I think I only I'll had, throw you a birthday party. But they weren't that into it, you know? And they didn't really even know, like, you know, like Thanksgiving. You know, you watch the the turkey and the stuffing. Ours was like a turkey and like chapche. Chap <laughs> oh, yes, always. There's always, always. chapche, and I'm not complaining because I love, love chapche. I'll eat chapche and turkey is the best. Yeah, it's yeah, delicious, yeah. but <clears throat> it wasn't how you idealized it in your mind. You yeah. know, so now we know my my first daughter's birthday. Her, her first birthday was like a thing. Like we had the caterer come out. We had rental chairs and tables and a tent and all this stuff. Cause I was just pr clearly projecting, yeah, yeah. you know, all the things that I never had. I never had a huge lavish birthday party. It was like a plastic tablecloth and a cake. No, you definitely had a big birthday for your toll and your. Yes, but those I don't really remember. Yeah, well, neither did your firstborn's first birthday. But there was a professional photographer. <laughs> was, I've been I've been a professional photographer as people's okay, first birthdays. So, so. <clears throat> and so there was that, you know. But and so you just, it's a very fine balance when you're a mom, especially when you're the mom who is the daughter of immigrants, because there are lots of things that you wanted that you didn't get. So you want to give them to your kids. While also showing your parents, this is what you're supposed to have done. But also not pushing the line so far that your kids are spoiled assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And have expectations that are way too high that you cannot fulfill. Yeah, that's why you do it on their first birthday. You're like, you're not gonna remember not, any yeah, of this. This right. is for me. Or they this turn into a me. teenager adventure. They're like, I don't even want a birthday. Like, that's so annoying, mom. You're so embarrassing. My daughter's so mean to me. Anyway. It's either that or the other. <clears throat> until they get like their 16th birthday and they're like, I want a big party and a, a car. car. <laughs> I know there's that too, you know, but that I think is, is the, the balance, right? You have to straddle the line as, as me, especially like my older sister, she really loved, she's like a writer and she's a bookworm and she was, you know, so when she was young and she was a little girl, she loved like pencils, like really nice pencils and like a pencil case and all that stuff. And she really wanted it, but she never really got a lot of it because my parents didn't have money. When her daughter was growing up, I was like, what is this? Why does she have 3,000 pencils? 3,000 mechanical pencils? What the fuck is going on? Colored pens and these beautiful artful like markers and stuff. And I'm like, somebody's fucking projecting. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God. That's what they say. You become the parent that you wish you had. Right. Which is a really nice way of saying you're projecting. You're projecting. <laughs> yeah. I have another friend, takes her daughter to Disneyland seemingly every fucking week. It feels like they go to Disneyland every week. And I'm like, did you like Disneyland a lot when you were a kid and you didn't get to go? Like that, it's pretty obvious. So I didn't get birthday parties, but when we did live in California, my mom did take me to Disneyland like, oh, all, the, all time. the time. Like all the time. But don't you think that was partly for her to fulfill like her I don't even know. I don't even know. Cause like, were there even theme parks in like the forties and fifties? I don't know. All I know is, is that yeah. I grew up to be an adult who hates Disney now. Oh no. It's Here's, just like. Disney adults are gonna come for your throat right I don't, now. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I'm just like fatigued from it at okay. a very That's young fair. age. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was never 
into it. Like we went to Disneyland, not, remember, not long ago, and I was just like, this is cool, but like you go on Small World and I'm like, I can see the tracks, that carpet is dirty. Like yeah. I was like, there's no magic for me. That's I how it was at 16 when we went with our high school to Disney World in Florida, you know, cause like I was in orchestra and like we went <laughs> every year for the competition. Cello? Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. Did you have to fly with a cello all the way to Florida? <laughs> And, uh, but like every time we went, I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to You got burnt here. out on it. Yeah. I get it. You know, or there's like my younger sister, um, she has her daughter in like so many classes. She like, but she does these like really like, I don't want to say high because I think that's an offensive term, but they do all these very like elevated sports. Like she does horseback riding and she does lifeguards and she does, <sighs> you know, sports. I'm like, right. I'm like golf. She golfs and I'm like. Who are you? Like, what is going on? But we grew up in a really affluent neighborhood where all of our friends were yep. doing all these very, very fancy things. And we didn't do those fancy yeah, things. Like, we were going to work at my parents' ice cream store the weekends. Equa what <laughs> right, do you do on the weekends? Right, right. Like what? Exactly. And they all got, you know, brand new cars when they were 16. Like it was like that. And we were just like, oh, I get my sister's hand-me-down Toyota Celica that only one of the lights works. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Oh, the winking. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I crashed it, and I think that was why. But yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> we had like one headlight. And so, you know, when you're a parent that that you wanna give your kids all those things, but I am very cognizant of being like, is this something that I think my children need, or am I just projecting the things that I wish I had? Like I yes. do the, um, like I always wanted my parents to have, spend more time with us because they were always working. And so I'm always at school. I'm always coaching volleyball. I'm always at all the events. I'm always doing birthdays, parties and PTA, PTO stuff. And like, I'm always at school because my parents were never at school. And so I do have to mitigate the idea that maybe my kids are like, can you go the fuck home? Yeah, you know, yeah, why yeah. are you always here? And I'm like, it's not even really, really about you. You, <laughs> okay. This is not a care about, you know, it's because I feel like my presence there will, I don't know, impact them positively the way that I wish my parents had, you know, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. kid. You just don't know as when you're growing up going through that, you don't know what you're missing out on right. developmentally or experience experientially. Mm -hmm. So like you want to give those to your kids so that they don't, cause like, I think the way you look at it is like, you look at it as pieces missing from you right. and you want to try to fill those right. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you have to remember too, like at one point, is it like Overfilled. now I'm making it my kid's problem and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. fair either, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cause like stuffing a mailbox to the point where it's like exploding out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to the point where they're like, okay, but can we have our life too? <laughs> you know? So, and it sounds like almost hypocritical of me to be like, I devote everything to my kids, but I also need time away. But it's because I try to devote so much to my kids that I know that I need to like also spend time for myself because I don't want to make that, you know, the only priority that I have because taking care of myself should be a priority as well. And I think a lot of people, well, especially moms, they forget that or they, they neglect that. And that's, I, I don't want that for me or, or as a model for my children. Yeah. Because it's, because I feel like I had not a mom who was like, not in the way American moms like put a lot of pressure on the kids, but just in the way that like Asian moms put a lot of pressure on their kids. And it's, it's like a it's rough. pressurized mason jar, you know, it's just yeah. like, it's just a lot of pressure, yeah. you know, and it yeah. can go pretty negatively. I feel like so, but it, but it's like very good thing that you're aware of it. And I, I think it's be. very important that you take care of yourself because otherwise. What good am I? Yeah. Right. Like when I'm in depressive modes, like I feel then bad that I'm like not being good enough dog dad to yeah. like Colt and stuff. Or you like know? So I'll get I'll my temper, you know, like I have no temper. I was so short with them or like, I'll just get really aggravated. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't I'll just go do it somewhere else. Or like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I can feel myself doing that. And it's because 
I'm getting resentful. And I'm, I'm a human being, I'm gonna get resentful. And people are like, well then maybe you shouldn't have kids. These two things can exist. I can love my children and want to do everything for them and still want them to be in the other room yeah. every once in a fucking in while. In fact, it's like very unhealthy to ignore it. I know, I think a lot of people want me to, or expect that moms should do that, like just stuff it down. It's like, what kind of mother would yeah, I, I think be? I think it's like a patriarchal that? thing that uh, women should like, you know, be in servitude and like repress their emotions and their feelings. And completely to, relinquish their identity to, to motherhood. Right. And like, I don't I don't want to do that. And I don't think I have to do that. I can still It's okay be, if you want to, yeah, but it shouldn't sure. be expected. But I can be a great mom. I can be an awesome fucking mom and still be like, all right, I'm gonna go have drinks with my friends. And like, that shouldn't be a one or the other. It, yeah. It's not one or the other. It can't be, I, not, to, not for me. Anyway. No, yeah, I don't think it should. Did you do anything for Mother's Day? Um, I know your mom is in Korea. Yeah, yeah, my mom's in Korea. I did not do anything for Mother's Day. In fact, this week has been, like I haven't even made a single video. At all? On TikTok, no, I posted one I think on like a Wednesday or Thursday, but it was something I edited the previous week. That's very unlike you. Yeah, well, it's a couple things. So like mainly one, I've been filming a mural. Oh, cool. And typically when I fit film murals, I don't make as much content because I'm like out all day and pretty much like people are like, wow, that sounds so cool. I mean, it, it is and it isn't. So mm -hmm. like it is a fun experience, you know, being front and center at like a mural is fun, but like the majority of it is just like standing next to the camera yeah. all day. Cause like murals, a lot of it, like, yes, I get like movement and like B-roll footage, but like a lot of it is also time lapse. Yeah, cause they're just doing like one section at a time. It's yeah. not like these dynamic right. movements back and forth the entire time. Yeah, and I'm like the videos, like the actual mural takes days. You know what <laughs> I mean? So like, what am I gonna do? Get like 200 hours, worth, like a yeah. hundred hours worth of like movement, you know, like you, you want progress. And right. like, you know, when you're drawing, it's very, Slow, yeah. you know, time it's a consuming. slow process. Yeah. So it's like the time lapse is what shows the most best progress and right. the best way to watch it. So it's like a lot of it is just, and you know, you're out in the street, and like even one of our mural friends, he films a lot of his own content, mm -hmm. and he even told us about one time when he was like filming the mural, and it was like towards the edge of the sidewalk, and he was up against the wall, and some car pulled up and instantly just grabbed the camera, pulled it in with the tripod sticking oh, and just drove off and no. stole his whole setup. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so like the whole time I just have to stand there and there's even been times where I'm like, after four or five hours of just standing there staring, cause like you can even only stare at the progress for so long. Yeah, so you're just like right. looking around, people watching and like whatever. But people are like, yeah, just like watch Netflix or something. I was like, yeah, no, I've tried to do that, but you can't you have to focus. focus and pay attention to Netflix at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, so you just get your AirPods in, you know, and you just listen to music very quietly. Yeah. While just being a statue. You're kind of like a security guard slash. You are. Yeah, right. You are being a security guard because you're like looking after your stuff. You're also looking at for like the wellness of people. And then oftentimes because the artists are busy working, oftentimes with like headphones on and focusing, mm. Walker buys and people that drive by will ask the photographer, the videographer, all the questions, but it's weird. They're never like, oh, what are you filming? They're always like, what are you drawing? And I'm like, <laughs> what am I drawing? Right. You know what I mean? I, it, it, maybe just me because I'm just like a snarky asshole, but I'm always just like, I'm not drawing anything. That's the artist. I don't know why I can't this just be like, oh. This is a camera. <laughs> yeah. Cameras take pictures that move sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, sometimes a little bit of snark comes out and I'm yeah. always like, uh, you, that's so surprising. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, it's not just because I'm a dick, but like, you just get <laughs> so many yeah, annoying comments. Like really obvious questions. Oh my God. Like this one time I was filming an artist paint this mural in Burbank and they were painting a mural that said Burbank. Cause the city of Burbank commissioned them to paint right. Burbank murals, you sure. know? And they're like, we wanted to say Burbank. Like we wanted to say Burbank, so like we're drawing Burbank. It's on a very busy street right across. I've seen it. Possibly, yeah. it's like purple, orange. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's like on a really big wall next on the side of a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forget what the street name is. It's like one of the main streets. Yeah, it's one of the main streets right across from that like shopping center. Man, I am so directionally challenged. I'm we're, sorry. But you're gonna end up in Pacoima. Or so like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cerritos, Cer Cer which is funny because Cerritos get coming up this week because I was also looking to trade in my car uh -huh. and there were a couple times they were Cerritos like, in Cerritos Square? and I was like, oh my God, is that why I ended up in Cerritos? the it's universe to yeah. go to Cerritos every day? Yeah, but either way, we're in Burbank and I, I filmed that wall being painted and the amount of people per hour that walked by saying this exact thing, you spelled it wrong. What? And there's like, only they all think they're being funny. Like, oh, you spelled it wrong. Like, ah, you have to redo it. You know what I mean? And like, oh, it's like when a waiter comes up to you, and you're like, did you like? How was the food? Oh, I hated it. And the plate is empty. Yeah. Like, it's so oh fucking God. obvious. Yes. Like, stop. Ninety-five percent of people say that to waiters, <laughs> I know, and it's I hate you're just that. you're just like, ha, ha ha ha. When I'm out with people and they say that, I'm like. I'm so fucking embarrassed. I'm like, I'm well, ah, your tip just went up another 5% because yeah, I'm mortified. I'm having to compensate. Uh, yeah. I hate that. But the amount of people that li literally wasn't even a couple times per day, it was per hour. Uh, and there was even points when like cops were walking by and driving by saying the same thing. And like, uh, at that point I'd like already started twitching when I heard, started hearing it. And I would just turn and be like, you're literally the third person who said that in the last five minutes. People yeah. would be like, oh, oh, oh. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so it's I'm like, so glad I haven't met that Ed yet. Like yeah. I've heard of that Ed from this Ed, but I'm so glad that Ed has not come into my life because then bitchy ass Susie's gonna be like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah. Be like, you heard me. Fuck You're you, the fifth Ed. person who said that. Well, I'm the first person who said it from my mouth that yeah. I know of. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 just like uh, that stuff. Just really it rakes on really you, man. You hate it. You I don't know what it. it is. I just don't have a high tolerance level for stupidity from people I don't know. It's not stupidity. What I'm imagining it is is like when people make like obvious jokes. You hate that when people make the joke that's like sitting right in front of you. You like the more like nuanced yeah. subtext of a joke. But when somebody comes out right with a joke that's already like on the table, you're like. Yeah, we already fucking know. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. And I'm not opposed to slapstick because I love no, slapstick. Different. But like that's different. There's smarts. Like people think slapstick is like all dumb. No. There's smart. There's some genius in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for instance, like my one of my biggest markers to gauge people's intelligence is I tell them Zoolander is one of my favorite movies. It's so funny. Favoritest movies. Yes. And if people are like, oh yeah, it's so funny, I'm like, I like you. Yeah, and we're if good. people are like, oh, that is the dumbest movie I've ever seen, I was like, no, I don't think you understand. You're the dumbest <laughs> one here. Cause it's like, yes, that movie is purely almost all slapstick. Yeah. But it's like what it's making fun of right. or like the stuff right. about society the that subtext. it's saying. Yeah. Right. You know right. what I mean? I it's totally like, get it. it's, and it's like the whole movie is just making fun of stupid people. Right. You know, right. like, of course. 
it's stupid, so it's, beautiful people that shouldn't be in positions that they're in and right. get away with everything. Yeah, and yeah I totally get yeah. it. And like the vanity of society, like right. all of it, you know? Right. So it's like when people say that, I'm always like, okay, cool. I don't care about anything you have to say anymore. Yeah, you know? you're so, not in on the joke. You don't get it. And I think that's it. what it is. When people say those obvious things, I'm like, oh, I literally don't care what you have to say. <laughs> and this is me literally showing you that I don't want to hear anything you have yeah. to say. So you don't waste more of my time. I've shut down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which just translates to I'm a dick. Yeah. You, you But I'm not. You are I'm no, not. you're not. You're not. And I'm also the person who will literally lay down my life for right. people that I know. Right. That's, you know, so you can be both. There's balance. Yeah. I am a complete dick to people that I decided it's somewhere along the line very soon <laughs> early on after meeting you that including you, people who don't like Zoolander. Yeah. I'm sorry. The people you just have nothing to offer you're just me. Just gonna just die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You just have nothing to offer to my growth and intelligence. So. Someone might save you, but it ain't going to be it. Yeah. Or like a very nice way to say it is like, maybe I'm just like a sapiosexual, you know, I'm just like yeah. attracted to smart to intelligence. I think that's fair. Based on the people you've told me you've had crushes on, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. I don't, I didn't see that one coming, but I get, I get where you're going with it. Mm -hmm. I won't name them, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Sarah Michelle Geller then is at the top of that list. But is yes. she? Yeah. Is she particularly bright? She's not dumb. Is it because of Buffy? The yeah. Vampire I think it's because I was a kid and Buffy and I was just like, what is this female empowerment? Which tells you something because my older sister who is like the brainiac of all brainiacs, she's got like multiple degrees, like just for fucking fun. It's one of her favorite shows. And yeah. she's no dummy. You know what I mean? She knows. She the knows. show was somewhat smart. It wasn't like this like brainiac show like Doctor Who. There's something about it that she really loved. Yeah, and I like, think it I was the progressiveness it. of it, which is weird mm. now knowing what we know about Joss Whedon. What about him? He's like, I think at worst misogynistic, but I hear he's one of those people that just like created toxic environments at every set he was Interesting. on. I used to love Buffy. And I think there was just something about it being like, and I think Buffy is... Not when I realize, but now knowing what I know about myself, I think I know why I love Buffy is because I'm just like very attracted to strong women. Mm. Hence our friendship. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> so like when I saw Buffy, I was like, what is happening yeah. here? I was like, yeah. a woman is going to save the world. I was like, I like this. She's got nothing but like a sharp stick. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like smart, but ditzy. I was like, Wait, she's a whole ass person. Did you like the movie too? Wasn't there, it was a movie first, I did. right? I liked the movie. I actually think I saw the movie after the show uh, and I did like the movie, but it's not the show. Got it. Like show, wait, no, show, movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I got it. God, this we just went off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hey, Sarah Michelle Geller, if you want to be on her podcast, <laughs> I promise I won't be creepy. Was her husband Freddie Prince Jr. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still together. Yeah, They're yeah. Like yeah. one of the few like super long marriage relationships. Good for you guys. Yeah, for sure. Crazy kids. Yeah. He's actually really cute too. Yeah. I like him. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, he's not ugly. Is he? Anyway. Anyway, what else? What are we talking about? <laughs> Other than that, um, as I was saying before, I had, you know, Cerritos kept coming up because I had to get rid of my car. Oh, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's like up for. I'd rather be dead than go car shopping. I hate it so much. I'm I, my husband. I'm like, I don't care. Just get whatever car. He's like, get whatever car. I'm like, I don't. I don't. What, what difference is it? Was, is he going to get me to work? Is he going to get me to carpool? Then fine. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. I just can't do it anymore. They say like getting a new job and moving are like the top two most stressful things mm -hmm. in the world. And I think buying a new car is like 
up there, top five. Maybe. <sighs> I hate it. But it's true. It's yeah. Really but you got annoying. a car. I did, but like God. my previous car was like up for registration, which in the state of California is like seven, eight hundred dollars sometimes. Not for everyone. No. But like I, when I lived in Pennsylvania, it was thirty dollars a year for everyone, regardless of what you drove. Registering a car was only thirty dollars. <laughs> So I went from that, moved to California, and they were like, you owe $700. And I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck did you just say? I'm sorry, it, was, it sounded like you said yeah. 700, yeah. you meant 30. Yeah, I was like, you mean 700 <laughs> What a weird way to say pennies, $30. right? I was like, $7, 700 pennies? I've never heard anybody say $30 yeah. like that. <laughs> it was the craziest thing, and I was like, $700? I was a, like, for US? a four-year-old Volkswagen? I was like, <laughs> yeah. what are you saying right now? So I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna need a new car anyway. So I was like, why am I, why would I pay double, Yeah. double, you know, whatever. Yeah. Of course, all in front of the dealerships. So I was like, I'm not in a rush to sell this yeah. car. So I don't yeah. know why you're being pushy. Living you know? in California is no joke, but it's so worth it. It's worth every penny. Like I don't wanna live anywhere else. So yeah, I'll pay the registration, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so between all of that and then trying to get a new car, I was just like not, yeah, no, like, didn't let, have the let, time. let me just tell you guys this. Ed and I usually talk and text at least a dozen times a day. And it was kind of radio silent for maybe like four days. I was, I texted him, I was like, hey, are you alive? <laughs> like, did I don't something know, happen? I don't know if you noticed this. I was talking about this with my roommate, who's also a producer, but um, I texted, you texted me, are you okay? The mm -hmm. other day. Uh -huh. And I responded back with, uh, yeah, how did you know? And you didn't see it yet. Oh, You uh -huh. didn't read it yet, so I edited it. Uh-huh. Edited it, edited it. <laughs> And uh, cause like, as I was reading it, I saw above and I realized that you were asking about my gout. Yeah. I had a gout flare yeah, from yeah, last yeah. week. But like the thing you didn't know was I had just hung up the phone after getting into a thing with my mom. Oh. So I thought that you somehow knew. <laughs> I literally, like, this bitch is fucking psychic. I was like, oh my God. I was like, we are so in tune that she just fucking knew that something I was sense off. that something's happening with Ed. <laughs> yeah. I must call him now. <laughs> so I literally- I'm like I, reading my tea leaves. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, Ed's a genius. <laughs> Professor Trelawney. But um, yeah, so I was like, I was like, and then I was like mortified and I was like, oh, I'll just explain. I was like, no, I'm gonna edit it. Yeah. And then after I edited it, I was like, I don't know what happens with the notifications. It just says edited. So like if someone edits it, the notification goes away and it just says edited, edited. message. Yeah, oh, but okay. you can't read what it was edited I from, I don't think. Because I was like, I was like, if she reads or already read what I wrote, she's gonna be like, what the fuck? You know so what the mean? answer is no, you're not okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, that would have been awkward. Okay, well, so what's up with you and your mom? You guys okay? Yeah, yeah, no, everything's okay. I So like a couple weeks ago, oh, actually almost like a month ago, we got into an argument. So like, I forget what, okay, yeah, yeah. So like my mom kept bringing, so I asked my mom something and I thought that she said that my aunt knew something about it. And she was like, no, your aunt doesn't know anything about it. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, sorry. And she was like, and then she just kept going about how like my aunt couldn't possibly know or whatever. And I started being like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I was like, we can, we just move on. And then she was, she just kept talking about it. And I was like, I was like, I don't care. And after like the 20th time I started getting really annoyed. I started being like, I don't care. I was like, literally do not mention the word your aunt, like emo, yeah. or anything about this 
again in this phone call. I was like, don't. And then she was like, but she just like kept getting like being like, you know, trying to reconcile in her head, being like, I didn't make a mistake. And I was like, I don't care. And and then it started getting to a point where I was just like, I was like, do you not hear me getting visibly upset, triggered and like beg, like asking you to please, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And she like, my mom has this problem where she like doesn't hear you after she's already made up her mind that she knows what you're talking about. Mm. So it's just, she's effectively just ignoring your boundaries. Right, yeah, nor does, is she like a good active listener yeah. either, you know what yeah. I mean? Like once she decides that she knows what it is you're trying to get at, it doesn't matter what else you say from there, yeah. she's already made up her mind she's, that she already, I already It's already know. registered as that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a little bit of like old school Asian, I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but that's just like idea of just like, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the things that I get most triggered by with my mom is that like to this day, she said it when I was a kid, but to this day, she'll still say when I ask her about something that she doesn't want to talk about or whatever, or that's sensitive to her, she'll just say, you wouldn't even understand if I told you. Mm, I hate that. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. It's too complex a thought. I'm too dumb to understand or yeah. Yeah. So like to the, like, so sometimes like now I'll even be like, I am in my thirties. I was like, if I don't understand now, then I was like, I probably shouldn't be living alone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're insinuating about me, but I was like, if I can't understand this simple concept, then I should probably be in like, right. Or, or it's kind of like, if you don't have the language mom to tell me that you don't want to talk about it and draw a boundary with me, and instead you're putting it on me as the one that can't understand. That's the thing that bothers yeah, me. You're, if, you're, this isn't yes. about me. It's about you not wanting to talk about it, but you want to make it about me so that now I'm focused on something totally different. Like yeah. this, this like deflective defensiveness yeah. is something that I'm also and very because my mom with. has done that my whole life. If anyone does anything to blame something on me, I get triggered so mm. hard because my mom done it my whole life. You know what I mean? So like that happened four weeks ago and then I didn't talk to my mom Mm -hmm. because I was just like, I was so, and by the end I literally was like screaming and like, I like I screamed so loudly that after I hung up the phone, I lost my voice for like, I didn't go fully away, but I was like, "Eh, and I was like, God damn it. You know what I mean? I was literally was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I was like, stop talking about it. And then she kept talking about it. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. You know what I mean? So after, because like, I'm like so desperate to be good with my mom that I will, instead of just like respecting my own boundary, I'll just push to be like, please respect me and understand me. You know what I mean? It's not until like, I'm so adversely affected that I'm like, and now I'm gonna hung up, hang up because yeah. I'm like literally wanting to punch a wall right yeah, now. You know what I mean? Right. So like I hung up and then I didn't talk to her for a while cause like I just needed a break, you know? And she didn't, she also kind of acts at me, like treats me like I have an anger issue, which I do, which I do. But again, it's this thing where she doesn't acknowledge her role in of it. Course. And not like in a victim blaming way, right. you know? But like, as in like, hey, I wasn't angry. I was angry because you keep not respecting my boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for instance, like for a year, okay, I'll get to that in a second. So either way, I didn't talk to her. She then texts me and then just like she does all the time, like even with the marijuana stuff where she just, we just mm-hmm. never talked about mm-hmm. it. She just doesn't talk about it. She just like it acts like happened. everything's okay. And then so I texted her. I was like, I was like, That's I know so you normally do me. this, but I was like, I was like, I was like, I can't get over this until yeah. I, get some sort of an apology. And she's like, what apology? It was clearly just misunderstanding. I was like, I was like, I don't understand how you misunderstand me. 
And then she was like, no, you said that you like didn't want to hear me apologize anymore. I was like, that's not what that's I said what at I all. Said. Yeah. That's not what I was like, if that's what you heard. Could, it, like, could it be like a blowing. communication <clears throat> thing or is it like a language thing? No, I was speaking thing? in Korean. Okay. So, okay. And like, it wasn't. Sometimes for me, it's a language barrier. No, thing. it is. It is. But sometimes that's what I mean. Sometimes it is a language barrier. And sometimes my mom just doesn't listen. Yeah. And she's already made up in her mind that I'm angry or like I'm up, like annoyed at her. It's always something wrong with me. And that's the right. part that triggers me. I'm not saying I'm perfect, mm. but like, don't put it all on right. me and make it seem like, oh, yeah, remember last call is because like you were freaking out. But wh that's what I mean. I was saying, I was like, but why was I freaking out? Right. What were you? She's like, I was just like, you know, minding my own. I was like, oh my God. You know what I mean? I, I know that feeling. My parents do that to me too. So like, then she called. So then I called her because I was like, I think I start. I was at initially driving when she texted me. So mm -hmm. I just was like, well, and then I was like stuck on the 10. So I was like, it's gonna be about 40 minutes till I get home. So I was like, you know what? I should just, we should just deal with this now so that I don't, cause I was like, when I get home, I'm gonna have to edit. I have so much stuff to yeah. do. So, cause I was like, sweet, let's just squash this while I'm on the road. I was like, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna explain to my mom what happened. She's gonna be like, oh, my bad. And I was like, that's gonna be it. You gotta manage your expectations, Ed. <laughs> so you keep telling me. Yep. <laughs> so, um, the phone call lasted six hours. Oh, fuck. You talked to your mom for six hours? It lasted for six hours. I would say three and a half of those were in utter silence. Wow. that. Oh, so I like I would like... say stuff and then my mom would just sit there in silence. And then I'd be like, cool, this is really annoying or this is triggering or like this is like whatever. And then like 20 more minutes of silence. And then like, then I get start getting angry again. How so then I, I would, that? I, I, I could never do I've that. I've been conditioned for f almost like 30 some years now. But on like in person, like you can go in another room, but you're on the phone. Like that's. No, I can hang up, but that's what I mean. Because I'm so desperate, which is like crazy that my mom doesn't see it. Like, you know what I mean? If I was yeah. really angry or perturbed, I would just well, hang, well, up. hang up. Yeah. Cause like when I was in my twenties in college, most of the times when I called my mom, and thank God those phones were breaks back then, Yeah. oftentimes they ended in me chucking my phone as hard as I could against the wall. Jesus, Ed. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like the fact that I don't do that anymore should say that I'm not perturbed. I'm on the phone because I'm like I'm trying, trying to, end, to yeah. end this argument. Right, right. I'm trying to be, I'm honest, I'm just trying to be understood. Right. Because if she understood me, because I understand my mom, I've been conditioned since I was eight to apologize for things. Right. And I said that to her on this call. It was like, so I was explaining to her what happened. She then told me about how she misunderstood it. And then this is the craziest thing. So then I had to start bringing up all these other examples. And I always say to my mom, I was like, I was like, I know you always take it as me telling you and yelling at you that you weren't good enough. But I was like, I only bring up stuff that you've done in the past to show you that you have a history of behavior mm -hmm. that you still to do to this day. And one of the things that I brought up this time was I was like, I was like, I was like, I literally been, I was like, it took you close to 15, 20 years of me yelling at you to stop commenting about my weight mm -hmm. before you stopped. And do you know what, it, do you want to know what her, do you want to know what her fucking response was? I don't know. She goes, the first time you told me to stop commenting about your weight when you were 18, I stopped. 
And how often does she comment about your weight and has since you were 18? I was like, oh my God, millions. Yeah. Millions. Every time we're on, I mean like one time on the phone and then I brought this up. I was like, yeah, remember that time you told me over the phone while you were in Korea that it sounded like, that my voice sounded like I gained five to 10 pounds. And you know what she goes? She goes, she starts screaming. She's like, what do you fucking think I am? Some sort of fucking like magician or some sort of like wizard? Like how would I know? I was like, yeah, then why would you say it? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, notice how angry you're getting at yeah. me saying that you said that. I was like, think about how I, I felt. Yeah. That, and then you like, I was like, that. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, so you're telling me that me and my roommate Ron, who was there to pick you up multiple times from the airport. And I was like, Ron, who's a transracial adoptee who doesn't know Korean, literally knew that you were mentioning my weight within the first minute that you saw me getting off the plane because he would literally see my facial expression go from excited to annoyed. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, he's literally been there for at least two of those times. So I was like, are you yeah. saying, she's like, she's like, I don't remember that. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I was like, how about your best friend's daughter's wedding where your second best friend was at dinner with you, me, her, and my roommate who was also there in Atlanta. And I was like, do you remember even commenting about my weight in front of all of those people? And then even your best friend literally yelling at you to be like, you do not, don't, don't talk about your son's weight like that. And I was like, even your friend yelled at you and she goes, oh, that one sounds kind of familiar. I was like, <laughs> I was like, kind of familiar. I was like, do you, I was like, you think that you not remembering means your innocence right. instead of realizing that you're not remembering. Almost is, makes it worse. Yeah, it, it's like more actually a sign of the fact that like you were so unaware that you right. were doing that. Right, right. And she, she literally was, she's like, I would never even comment on anyone else's weight. Like no one's like, even if someone's like, my best friend's child gained like 20 pounds, I wouldn't even comment about it. I was like, you think you're saying these things to prove your innocence without realizing what I've been saying my whole life, you treat me worse than you do other right, people. Right, than virtual strangers. Right, and I was like, you always like that, like uh, excused it by saying that you're just holding me to higher standards. But I was like, I was like, think about the impact from a five-year-old kid's like point of view, right. where you're like being so nice and like when like when I watch like my best friends fall, like you like blow on their knee and you're like, oh my God, it's gonna be okay. And every time I fell, you would literally be like, get up, get up. stop crying. Take a Tylenol if yeah. it's that bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't think you understand. Like it doesn't come across as like, you're holding me to higher expectations. You want me to be better. It just comes across as like, you don't give a shit. You don't, <laughs> you're almost you know what I mean? Like me. everyone else means more to you than right. me. Right. You know what I right. mean? And then like, that ended in silence. Mm. Like anytime I said anything, it would just be silence. And I would then literally be like, this is very weird. I was like, anyone else would just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. You know what I mean? And then like, because she wasn't, so then I like then started like diarying out of the mouth. Oh no. Sort of like weaponizing things and bringing things up that I didn't want to. Yeah. Like this was the worst way to tell my mom that I got accepted into Juilliard. You told her? <gasps> yeah. No like I way. weaponized it. I was like, I was like, do you not? I was like, oh, I was like, shit, I, was like, I didn't know. Yeah, I think it all, I was like, before I started dying me out of the mouth, it all started with me being like, you do realize that like, you don't know anything about me, right? I was like, you don't know anything. I was gonna set this to her in a fight before a couple years ago. I was like, I was like, doesn't it make you sad that one day you're gonna die? Your son, your only son has no idea who you are and you have no idea who your only child is. And I was like, I was like, even on this phone call, I was like, even some of the foods that you think are my favorites, I was like, they stopped being my favorites when I was like seven. 
I was like, that's how much you don't know who I am. I was like, you want to know how much you don't know who I am? I was like, I got to accept. <clears throat> I was like, I got to accept into Juilliard. And I didn't even feel comfortable telling you. You know what I mean? And then, like, that's not the only thing that then slipped out. Then I slipped out the thing about, like, the thing that happened with my family member when I was eight. You told her that, too? Yeah, I weaponized it. Oh, my God. I was like, I was like, do you, th- I was like, do you think that I wouldn't, I was like, do you think that I would have carried this baggage for 30 years on myself and repressed it if I had a parent that I trusted to go tell? And then, so these are some of the things I feel bad about. But, like, I just needed her to understand the impact that she's had being so blase about stuff that happened to me. And I'm not making light of this. This is the cheesecake in the purse. Yeah. You leave it in there long enough, this is what it becomes. That's what I'm saying. So like I even said to her, I was like, I was like, I was like, do you know that parents who are overly involved in their parents' lives or child's lives are least like less likely that something like this happens to them? I was like, do you want to know why? Because I was like, those abusers know that there is a higher chance that these kids will go tell their parents because they trust their parents because they have that relationship silence mm, you know what i mean God. so then like <clears throat> so then I, I kept telling her and that's when i was like you know what i was like two people that i barely know know this about me and even they were like if your mom's not going to give you what you need don't tell her and i was like i was like now i'm understanding what they meant i was like you're i was like you're re-traumatizing me right now i was like i went through all that by myself <clears throat> i was like and now i'm telling you all these things and I'm not even getting in. I'm sorry. Right. Are you not okay? Even acknowledging oh, it. no, 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 no. She did talk. She did talk. She literally was like, there was 20 minutes of silence after I told her. And then she broke the silence by saying, let's hang up. This is a little too much for me. Which then I freaked out about. This is too much for you? Yeah, yeah. That's when that's when I brought up the thing about like, oh, this is what they meant. Like, you're going to get re-traumatized. I was like, so I felt yeah. alone. To the point where my brain was like, I'm going to protect you by repressing it. And for 30 years, I've had to not know why behaviorally I was acting out so much, you know, just thinking that like something was wrong with me. Like, I think I'm just a bad apple, you know, like, why do I want to drink so much? Like, you know what I mean? Like not knowing why all these things were happening to me. I was like, and now I was like in your silence and the fact that you're focusing on the stress it's causing on you. I was like, now I just feel alone again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like that just went on for hours. Like that night I didn't eat dinner till 1230 midnight. Jeez. Because that phone call went from six to 1230. That's crazy. It was just like yelling the whole time. And then like that call did not end well at all. How, like it was, how did it end? It just was like me after a while being like, well, you know, if you're not going to say anything and you're not going to do anything home, like helpful, I'm just going to hang up because like I am now, I was like, this is six hours in. I was like, I have so many things. I was like, I literally started this conversation off with, I have so many things to do today, but I need to also get this off my chest. You know what right. I mean? Like I've told you so many times, I've so, I'm so busy today. And I was like, you didn't even respect that boundary by responding. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I literally kept, I even like told her, I even tried to in the best way that I could in Korean, which this one was a little bit hard to come up with words for, but I try to explain the concept of like how having a child is inherently selfish. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I was like, I was like, do you not? I was like, I didn't ask to be born. I was like, so I was like, I was like, I know that you and your demographic, you know, like Asian boomer parents have this ideology that like we're indebted to you because you provided food and a roof over our heads. I was like, that's a bare minimum. Right. 
I was like, that's right. bare minimum. I was like, if you don't do those things, I was like, you will literally have your child taken away. Right. I was like, but I was like, you need to understand that when you have a kid, you need to focus on what is going to be best for that kid, regardless of you or what you want. Right. Because I was like, that's where you do the more than bare minimum. I was like, because we didn't ask to be born. I was like, you working on our happiness is like literally what your job is. Mm -hmm. And she, her response to that, she was like, she was like, I gave you everything. And I was, she was like, I gave you everything. Like, I was like, right, right, that you wanted. I was like, again, you think that you're making yourself look innocent. I was like, you're, you just keep proving me right. Right. Proving my point over and over again. And then, so like that conversation ended, I was very upset. I was just like, look, I was like, I have to get stuff done. I was like, at this point now I have to stay up to like four in the morning to do the work that I needed to get done. And I was like, and now I don't even know if I want to do that work. Cause I'm like, it's just right. mentally in a horrible place. So I was like, I'm just going to go before it somehow gets worse. Right. You know? And like two, three, four days went by and then like she texted me like a couple days ago and like I didn't read it because I just wasn't, I was still mentally exhausted. You know, like some, like a lot of times when my mom says, I'm sorry, it like either doesn't last or it's like an I'm sorry with the caveat. Right. You know, like I'm sorry, but like I didn't really do anything right, wrong. Right. You know, like you're kind of like mm, overreacting. overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't say those words, sure, no, but the way know. she presents it, that's just how it's hard not right. to take it. So I just was like, you know what? I don't even want to read it. But yesterday, Yesterday, last night, I was like, I should probably read those, especially if I'm in, like, if I get asked or if I want to talk about it. I was like, I should probably know, you know. So I read it, and my mom's words were, she was like, she's like, I'm realizing, she's like, because I told her, I was like, I don't think you realize, like, I was like, I'm saying all these things. When I was still on that phone call with her, I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm saying all these things to you because I was like, I still need a mother. I was like, I get it. I was like, I'm, I'm in my thirties and then like, I, you know, I'm self-sufficient, but I was like, I don't think you understand mom. I was like, I've had to grow up since I was like six, seven years old. You know what I mean? At first I said eight, but then mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Actually, I was like, one of the earliest memories I have is being five. Mm-hmm. My mom yelled at me for something the day before. And I came home from kindergarten that day and my mom had bought me a stuffed animal. And I remember at the age of five having to reconcile why my mom yeah. acted like everything was okay the next day after she went to bed. In Korean, it's called bichoso. Yeah, yeah, Where she's yeah. like salty and she's yeah. just like pissed. Hm. Yeah, you know what I mean? And like, she didn't talk to me the rest of that night and like, she didn't talk to me in the morning, but how come I came after school and she's acting like everything's okay? And then on top of it, she also then over went above and beyond and bought me a stuffed animal. And at the age of five, I had to come to the realization that Oh, this is my mom's way of saying sorry. sorry. Yeah. So while I was explaining that to her, that memory came to mind. I was like, nope, actually, I've had to grow up since I was five. Yeah. I was like, my whole life, I was like, I just wanted a mom. I was like, I was like, remember all the times you're like, you wouldn't play Monopoly or anything with me? I was like, I just, that's all I wanted. And I was like, so I was like, I don't think you understand that, like, while yes, you provided the food, the shelter, I was like, mentally, I There's had no to be an adult no, yeah. since the age of five. And I was like, I don't know what you know what that feels like. And I was like, you should know what that feels like because you had to go through the same shit too when you had to grow up as a child. And like, I, I was like, I was like, so you should know that since then, as like, as like, as like a 30 something year old now, I've had to be an adult for 30 something years. And I was like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm probably like where 50 year old, 60 year olds feel in their life. You know what I mean? But I was like, I'm exhausted. And I was like, I'm at the, in my thirties. And I was like, 
I still just want to be able to call my mom and just cry about fucked up shit that happened. You know right. what I mean? But I was like, I never got to do that. Yeah. I was like, I never got to do that. I was like, I never had anyone. I had me. And that's the reason why I'm so like, my like EQ is so high because I've always had to be my own therapist. That's why right. all my therapists told me that I therapi therapize myself because like I've had to do that my whole life. You know right. what I mean? I had no one to talk to. So I like, it was either like, you know, and I even told her, I was like, I guess this is where trigger warnings, <laughs> if I didn't say it before, there's more trigger warnings. But like, I was like, said to my mom, I was like, I was like, did it never occur to you why a 12 year old would take a knife, stand in front of his grandmother and like threaten to kill himself? I was like, are you telling me your whole life you just thought that there was something wrong with me? Or that that was normal? Right, or that like, oh, my, there's just like, my kid was just born fucked up. Like, did you, did you really think that? I was like, granted at the time, I didn't even know because it was repressed, but I was like, all of these things happened. I was like, between like the thing with like the family member and having to be an adult since I was five, I was like, you don't understand why 12 years, at 12 years old, a kid that's having to be an adult for seven years is like, I don't want to do this. Right. You know what I mean? So I was just like, so like even through all that, it's silence. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and I, I don't want to like put you on the spot, but my question is like, I know that you're always working towards like understanding yourself and to a lesser or greater extent, you know, your relationship with your mother. Cause I know how important it is for you. She seems very resistant. She seems very resistant. Do you think you're ever gonna do you what does it and look like? What does it her. feel like to get there? What would that what will that look like for you? Because I want you to I want you to get to where you are okay with you and get okay with her. But I feel like at some point in our lives when the people that we need it from the most don't know how to give it to us, we have to and I'm not saying like you gotta just move on. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like what does it look like for you? Like what in your ideal mind would that feel like or I look like to you? I don't know. Because I even said to my mom, I was like, I was like, isn't it I was like, it's not upsetting to you that I was like, apparently I was the one thing you wanted the most in life. And I was like, it doesn't bother you that you put no work into bettering that one relationship. Right. I was like I was like, a relationship is in the shit. It's like, is in the trash right now. I was like, I was like, and that's the part where it's like, this emotional baggage is so exhausting. I can see Cause like that. as someone who's like, my mom's like in her seventies, you know? So she's like in her, that stage of life. Sundown, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, why is it that I'm the one who hangs up the phone that's wondering, that's like freaking out that like, if my mom dies tomorrow and this is unresolved, I'm not going to be able to live with myself. Like, why is it that my mom's in her seventies knowing that like her life is about like, she doesn't have that much time left, not scared that like, Oh my God, I might die and leave my son with this emotional wound that may never close up because he can't. And I, and I get that. I close really that get chapter. That. So like, I don't really know, you know? Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know that it's not the desire to get there for her. I don't, I just don't think she has the skills for it. I don't think she has the I agree. The and ability. I think that's the reason and why I just like try to hammer. And that's why sometimes I feel bad. I'm being like yelling at my mother, you know, right. because that's like a, cause like I used to berate my mother in public and that's like something I worked really hard to not do. And so like, even on the phone, when I like yell at her, 
I like come down hard on myself that like you've worked so hard to change right. you're just reverting back right. and like you're you're fake you're being a phony you haven't changed at all you know so like I do all of that but I think in reality it's just desperation to like hoping that one of those times the nail will go through the stud right. and be where it needs to be you know what I mean so like I don't really know all I know is is that if I don't do everything, and that's what I mean. Sometimes I like try to give other people advice like on subtle Asian mental health or something like that. Cause like problems with Asian mothers and that diaspora being raised in Western society, or even like, let's be real. Even if you live in Asia with the internet, right. it's hard not to have some of those Western ideologies creep in. Of course, in. of course. And I think that the diaspora is something that people, a lot of people struggle with and identify with and like, I try to tell the people all the time, and a lot of people are so emotionally hurt, or maybe they have different drives, motives, or whatever. Not everyone wants to fix things with their parents, but like I think for me, she's like all I have. I think that's like really sad to think that like if I don't have a good relationship with my mom, like especially since I don't have my own family on my own, it's like I'm just alone then. You know, I'm like alone. I don't have a dad, like. The only real parent I had was my grandmother that I lost when I was 12. So like, I don't have her like, sure. I have aunts and stuff who are like, have been great, but like, you know, they have their own families and stuff, you know? And like, it's kind of fucked up. But my mom always used to like gaslight me and she used to be like, she's like, yeah, your aunt loves you. But she's like, do you think that anyone's going to like be as good to you as I am? You know, like that kind of like really shitty gaslighting. So like I even had a conversation with my aunt like a couple months ago where I was like, hey, I was like, I'm sorry that I kind of treat you like your family, but like I keep you at arm's length. And it's actually because my mom told me this about you. And I think I just like have this hard time letting myself be as open because I'm scared that my mom's right and I'm just going to get hurt, you know. So like there's just like a lot of stuff. But either way, without getting too much in a tangent of like trauma, but like so like. That phone call ended and then I read those text messages last night and it was weird because my mom, she started off the conversation with, it seems that you had a really hard life and I'm just making it harder. You know, and she, she even then goes on to say things like, she's like, I always thought I, you know, that like I raised you and you turned out fine, but she's like, it seems that I just didn't realize that like you did a really good job of raising yourself. And like all that stuff made it seem like, you know, everything was fine. So then I was like, okay, fine. And I just was like. But even that to me, Ed, is like, it, it's still not an acknowledgement of what she did. No, she did. So she okay. did say those stuff. Okay, she's good. like, she's like, she's like, I am really sorry. She's okay. like, I'm sorry okay, for all good. this stuff that I haven't been there for you for, for like, I don't know if this was the exact thing she said, but the way I read it was like, you know, not being emotionally mature enough to be able to give you the stuff. So she did apologize. I should have okay. clarified okay. that. So then like after reading that, I just was like, okay, fine. And at this point I was, it was yesterday. I was in the pro I was like at the dealership buying the car and like at, in lieu of judgment, because like, I really do not condone anything Elon Musk is doing, but in my defense, I bought it used. Okay. So it didn't go in his pocket directly, but I bought a Tesla because huh. I was like, I was like, I'm tired, you know, of paying gas. I was like mm -hmm. spending hundred dollars for gas. And it's not oh, like sure. money is in abundance right now, you no. know? So I was like, I just needed to get rid of my car. I was like, I need something electric. That's reliable. Your other car was a gas guzzler. Yeah, I'm it was a gas yeah. guzzler. I was yeah. getting like 17 miles to the gallon. Yeah. 
which was like a gas guzzler for like the 90s time. Yeah, place. I was going to say. I was like, you know? that feels like yeah, a lot. As cars now are getting like in their high 20s, 30s, low 30s, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I just have a relic of yeah. a gas guzzling machine. Yeah. Which like before pandemic, when like everything was good, even financially, I was like, whatever, you know, I was right. like, look at me. I was like, I'm in, I'm in, like, I think this I'm is rich. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like starting to make it, you know? But, uh, so like, I was just like, whatever. So I was just like, I'm just making the best financial decision for me right now. Right, sure. So I told my mom and like my mom immediately after apologizing for all the stuff that she did and like being overbearing and stuff, her immediate words were, She's like, oh, well, people in Korea, like, don't really love electrical cars. There's still so many issues and like, da, 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 da. Excuse me. I didn't respond mm -hmm. partially because I read it, but I was still at the dealership doing stuff. And then she, she then tried to clear herself up and she was like, she's like, you know, it's just like electric cars aren't that like big he here yet in Korea. And in my head, I was like, that's a lie. I was like, Hyundai. And Kia, the I was Ionic like, just, five, just, just invested so much yeah. time, technology to developing it. And I was like, and I know for a fact that people my age and career are going wild over those electric yeah. offerings. So like, I know that's a lie. So like, but mostly I didn't respond because I was busy. Yeah. You know, like trying to like close a deal, like sign papers, do all that stuff. Um, and then like, then I think my mom read my not responding as being triggered. Mm. So then I think she then started to evaluate what she just said which is like what That's you said your mom step. did yeah. that one time like mm -hmm. like six seven episodes ago yeah. i don't remember when your mom's when you said that about your mom i remember sitting in this exact seat being like man i would love for my mom to even get there mm -hmm. you know so then she evaluates herself and then she their third text she goes i think i said the wrong thing she goes, she goes, she's like, you know, people my age, she's like, we just aren't where, we just don't know the technology well enough. And she's mm -hmm. like, I think I just have an antiquated point of view. I feel like that's progress. It was huge progress. Like that's, progress. that's what I mean. When you ask like what I'm looking for, I don't really know. I just know that like, I can't have it keep going the way it is. And I think that's the reason why like I escalated so quickly. Yeah. Because like, that's what I kept telling my mom. Yeah. Like as I like that initial that initial phone call a week ago, yeah, or like four or five days ago, I literally kept telling her, I was like, and I've said this to my mom multiple times in arguments where I was like, three to four therapists have all told me that I will never be happy and have mental health, like be good mentally, like health wise mentally, until I cut off my relationship with you. I was like, you are the reason my mental health suffers the greatest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, so I say that to my mom all the time whenever she does all this, because I tell her, I was like, I'm not coming. Like, it's like, I know what you take it as. I'm telling you that you are the problem. You're the problem. I was like, I'm telling you, I stopped doing that 10 years ago. I was like, when I was in my twenties, I came to the realization that, okay, man, Yes, your mom fucked you up, but now you're a grown ass man. Right. And now it's your responsibility to, right. to shape who you are as a, an adult now. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, yes, you have to address the stuff that happened with your mom. And sure, if your mom keeps doing those things, it keeps triggering you. But I was like, even then, it's even my decision to continue to having a relationship. Say, like, like we talk about all the time, like if you're ignorant to something, that's one thing, but it's like what you do when you're no longer ignorant to, right. to it that matters. And you exactly. understand the things that trigger you from your mom. You understand the dynamic, you understand 
how you escalate so quickly. You understand how you blame her and then you'll, you know, weaponize all these things. Like you understand those yeah. things. And it's like, what can you do with it now? And then after I hung up the phone, those times when I was in my twenties, I would then turn to like drugs and alcohol. Right. right? right. You know, so that was me not addressing it. But sure. instead now I hang up the phone call and I think, to, and I like literally go, I sh I feel like a piece of shit cause I overreacted. I need to work on, you know, like not reacting, like right. having this, like, so like, you know what I mean? I work on myself now, but it's like, I just like want so, cause it's like, I can't give up either. Right. I can't let my mental health go to shit, but I also like can't give up the only family member I have. That's fair. You know what I mean? Especially growing like, and like maybe other people don't relate, but when you're an only child of a single mother, like, all you ever want is family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you don't have that for yourself yet, it's a lot harder to give up the only family member that you have who then also gaslit you to make you feel like they're all you have. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So it's it like over and over and over again. So I don't know where I want it to be, but I do know that it needs to get better. And I think that's what I so desperately, and I think this is the right word, fight for. Yeah. Like I will fight for it like very aggressively. And I know that I've said this to you a million times for a million different things, but it really also comes back to managing your expectations. It is. You know what I mean? And like when you're having these fights with your mom and you're having all of these, you know, instances where you're like, the, the mood is so elevated and everybody's just like so tense and those small things happen, like those small changes for somebody who's 70 years old is, is a big deal. You know what I mean? I think it those is. are great strides that you need to also, and I know that you have is like appreciate, you know, that, it is. That, that she's trying. I think the part where I have the disparity is that I, the way that I explain things so transparently, I assume that the reaction, the deduction you make, and then the reaction you have thereafter is common sense. Like for instance, in that phone call four or five days ago when I weaponized all those things, I literally kept, she kept making all these excuses and I was like, and you still haven't asked, am I okay? Yeah. I was like, I was like any other parent in the Western world, I was like any good parent would literally, and then she would literally be like, she literally kept saying, if this was anyone else's child, the first thing I would ask them is, are you okay and what can I do? I was like, Right. Why? Why do you think I don't need that? And yeah. she was like, well, I'm just like, she's like, it's so much harder because you're my child and I'm like getting angry and I'm like, rah, 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 right. But why does your feelings trump my right. feelings? And then like, then like we, I kept like trying to bang, bash that into her head for like three hours. And then there was a point when she just kept making excuses. I was like, do you realize it's been three hours now since I told you? And I was like, you keep saying all these words to argue why you haven't asked. I was like, and Instead yet, of just asking. I was like, yet even right now, after I'm done talking, the words that can come out of your mouth right now can even still be, I'm sorry. Are you okay? What do you need from me to, to feel, to make to this okay? This. Right. And then like more things and I'd be like, that's, this is crazy. I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like, oy, oy. that's the part where like, I literally kept being like, no, if I explain this just one more time, this is so logical. I'm literally explicitly telling you, I literally kept telling you, I was like, what I need from you even right now is after I'm done talking, I was like, I need you to say, are you? And then she, at one point, she even was like, so you just need me. She's like, so in like a weird, like, so you like, like kind of that voice. She was like, so you need me to like, here, are you okay? And what can I do from you? And just hearing those words, even with that attitude, I almost started breaking down crying. And I said that to her, I was like, 
I was like, does it not make you feel sad to hear that just hearing you say that, even in that annoyed, snarky, sarcastic tone, almost made me break down crying because I need to hear that so badly. And even then, nothing. So that's, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know. I, I know, I know to like manage my expectations and I go in being like, this I'm open, this, I'm open. Yeah, this probably isn't going to go anywhere, but yeah. I'm open to it. But then like, as I'm saying more and like being more descriptive and being more obvious, I keep being like, the most logical thing is that anyone would hear these things and be like, oh my God, are you okay? Right? That's Instead of being horrific. like, this stuff happened to me and yeah. Crickets. <laughs> literal crickets you know what i mean so it's like so so i don't know i'm but this is the tough part it's like i'm optimistic because my mom showed those steps but sometimes it's like a reset button yeah you know what i mean and that's like what i'm always wary of but i will always go into it like she's and that's the tough part for me is like i forgive i don't forget it but I also forget it enough where I don't treat you like I'm expecting you to, do, excuse me, to do it again. But like, I don't forget what you did, but like with the expectation is, is that you're gonna be different. Right. So when people do it, it like really fucks me up because I've given you the benefit of the doubt. Right. So blindly. Right. That's, even though it's not blind. Cause I know that step is there. Up. But I just believe that I made this complaint enough times. Someone fixed this pothole as a blind person. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. that analogy. But it's it's not. So it's like it really just fucks me up. So I'm hopeful things are okay right now. You know, afterwards I was like, yeah. I explained to my mom. I was like, yeah. But I was like, the car I had was a gas guzzler. I was like, I really need to save money right now. Like, da, da, da. she was like, you know. When you say it like that, those are all very good points. She's like, I'm sorry. I said those before. You know, so like very hopeful. You know? Take it. It's a win. So then a I even sent her a, a picture of the car and she was like, oh, it's very pretty. Like, you know, it's nothing but positive thereafter. Right. But it's just like. It I took need so much to, to get there. She said to get there faster. I just need her to work on realizing the fact that like she has justified that it was to make me better so much that she now doesn't even realize that all she does is just criticism. Yeah, I know. Like I could be like, hey, I did this. And she's like, yeah, but like, why would like, she just shits on me all the time. And I need to, well, that, that, I, I justify needs to stop so that she can see it for what it is. Right. It's not chocolate. It's poop. Right. It's right. Poop. And I think a lot of Asian parents, particularly at least the Korean parents I know have a very bad habit of being so critical yes. of everything and everything is your fault, even though you had nothing to do with it and you're always the res- responsible. And again, you know, we talk about this all the time. It has so much to do with just like how they were raised and like, there's just like survival and scarcity mentality. And, you know, like honestly, one time I was sitting in a parking lot waiting for a parking spot that was, you know, a couple cars ahead, letting, giving them room. And the girl, a girl just backed up into me, into my car. And my dad says, well, what were you doing? I'm like, I was sitting there, stopped, motionless, doing nothing, waiting for a parking spot. Well, you should have moved. How could I move? I was sitting there waiting for a spot, you know? And they always find a way to like make it your fault. And I don't know why they do that. And I don't know. And I, even as a parent, sometimes find myself doing that. As a Korean, I find myself doing that yeah, all the like, time. Yeah, what, what, why were you even there then? You know, yeah. like victim blaming. Yep. Why do we do that? I don't have an answer. I'm sure somebody who's far more qualified than I do knows. 
but we do that as a people and I'm so done with it. And I'm, I know you're done getting it, especially from your mom. And I think it's just something that like, is, is this, this idea that so many of us share that we all have to like, like we live through obviously some cases far worse than others. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel, I feel bad for you, Ed. I, I not like, I don't feel sorry for you. I yeah, feel no. bad that this is just something Thanks. that just it recurs for you so much. And I wish I could do something to, I don't know, make that go away. I know, same. I don't know. It's like really tough because like I have a lot of perspective because of the stuff that I went through. Yeah. I'm like thankful for that, but I can't tell if this is just my survival mode kicking in so that I don't feel so sad for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even some of those previous posts like about when like my mom didn't talk to me for like three months and didn't cook me any stuff. People are like, Crazy. it's amazing that you were able to see the silver lining in child abuse. Kind of. You know what I mean? And it's like, Not I had to, of. I had right. to just survive. You know right. what I mean? It's either that or being like, well, no one cares about me and just sit and rot away in a corner. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's one oh. or the other, you know, but like, I don't, I don't want people to feel sad. I just want people to realize that like all of our experiences are valid. And like a lot of people go through these things. And I sure. think this conversation was very, was like very needed just after mother's day. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are very triggered by Mother's Day. Right. There was for a myriad of reasons. For a myriad of reasons. And like, you know, whether you lost a child or you lost a mother or like me, you're really like Mother's Day went and passed. And like I wouldn't even thought twice about it, except for when I went on Instagram for the first like ten minutes of waking up and seeing all the Mother's Day posts and being like, Well, I'm not social mediaing today yeah. or tomorrow. Yeah. Because you know that posts all then show up the next day. Right. Cause then I just like, not because I was triggered, but because like I felt so guilty that I was like filled with so much resentment and anger that I didn't even want to put up a fake thank you mom post. Yeah. But that's, that's because you've done so much of the work, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know that that would just be so disingenuous and, and you don't have in your mind in that moment, anything to really celebrate, you know what I mean? And like bringing yourself what, what, for what? A few likes from yeah. people who don't give a shit or even understand like what you're, no, you know, and I think you did the right thing. And and sometimes, and, and this circles back to like self care, do what you have to do to take care of yourself. And sometimes if it's just moment to moment, sometimes of course these things are for longevity, but sometimes just in that moment, doing what you have to do to take care of yourself, it's important. Oh my God, I might've even, I might have even prioritized getting rid of and selling my and buying a car to avoid dealing with the emotional trauma of what I was going through with my mom. Cause well, I, I'm just like, just realizing that now I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, what did I do? Hey, survival mode manifests in us in very different ways at very yeah, different times. I just needed to busy myself, I guess. And that's okay. That's okay. And you did it. And then, you know, you got away from it. You created some space from it and now you're approaching it in a very like, rational manner. Yeah, because like, as you better. were saying that, I was like, oh, that's probably why I got a new car because I needed something shiny to distract me. And then I was like, wait, no, no, go back a little bit. I was like, right. oh, right. I wanted to distract myself by replacing this stress with a controllable stress. Right. Therapize yourself. <laughs> you know, and and if if nothing more, I hope this last, you know, little bit just was good for you to just purge because sometimes think, you have to do that too. I think I'm coming to the realization right now that I think it maybe it's like, is it partially on me to keep carrying this forward? 
like maybe I need to like have more communication with my mom so she can condition herself more. Cause like if she's like under this realization now, like maybe better. Cause like sometimes like the way I get triggered with my mom, like sometimes like I won't talk to her for like two, three, four weeks. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, everything's good right now. I talk to her, there's a possibility I'm going to get angry and mm-hmm. we're going to have an argument. So it's just better to keep it at status quo than to rock the boat. But like maybe I that's part of the accountability I need to drop and need to take the risk to try to help condition my mom to stay on this path. I was just going to say, maybe this is more of a communication style issue that you guys are having because it sounds like... You guys have a conversation. She says something that triggers you. You get angry. You try and try and try to not get angry. Then it blows up. Then she shuts down. Then there's 20 minute gaps of silence where you guys are not talking to each other. Like that's not a breeding ground for constructive conversation. So it sounds to me, and again, I'm no therapist, but it sounds to me like giving her the idea, planting the seed of an idea gives her, and then giving her space to let that kind of marinate with her and grow helps her arrive where you need her to be in a way that's a little bit more, I want to say like constructive because like the whole like car thing, she, you said the thing and then she said the thing and she was like, oh, I have some time to think about it. And in that time I've arrived at maybe I said something shitty versus you just sitting there being like, <laughs> yeah, but you know? how does that work in a non-textual communication style? Say, mom, you know what? I think now is a good time for us to just cut off the phone. I'm gonna oh, give us okay. some time to think about it. Um, I understand that you know we're better when we just kind of separate, go to our corners and give ourselves a little bit of space to really think about what we wanna say instead of just saying things out of anger or frustration because that always ends badly and I don't wanna have that with you anymore. I love you too much and I want our relationship to be a little bit healthier. So maybe now that you know how I feel and I know how you feel, we can both kind of think about those things of each other yeah, and yeah, for yeah. each other and I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, so then would I just be doing what my mom does and just sit there in silence until she comes to the realization that no. she said something wrong? Hang up. Like, wait. Because sometimes <laughs> these things come to you while you're cooking dinner or while you're washing your hair or like whatever. And you're like, oh, that's why when I said this, she got so angry because this is this habitual thing that we have. So maybe if I break that you know, link in the chain, and we go somewhere else, then, you know what I mean? Cause I think she wants to get there. She wants to get there. She just doesn't know how. And the pressure from you and feeling that anger on the other end of the phone. I, I do agree with that. There are times when I'm yelling where I'm like, I think my mom shuts down. Yeah, clearly. And I get angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, well, because that's where the defensiveness comes from. Comes from. I did everything for you. It's not about me anymore. It's about you. I've shut down everything that I'm thinking about myself and putting it back on you because I don't know how to introspectively look at myself. Yeah. But if you gave her the ability to separate and just bring the temperature down, which I, and I know this because this is my experience with my parents. When I'm angry, they completely shut down. They don't know how to deal with me when I'm angry. I don't blame them. It's not pretty. And it can be like, what the fuck, you lunatic? What is going yeah. on? Why are you this angry? And then I put it on them for not understanding why I'm so angry. And the reality is I'm not necessarily even angry about just this one thing. I'm angry about a whole bunch of other shit. And now it's just spewing out of me like fucking venom. 
Yeah, yeah. And they're like, whoa, dude. All we said was we don't want to go to that restaurant. Well, you never want to go to the restaurant that I want to go to. And you always complain about everything. <laughs> and everything's too dark and everything's too salty. And it's so fucking annoying. And this is just years of me being frustrated over the same thing. When it's not really about that. And I didn't give them the space to think about why those things are frustrating to me. And again, I'm not trying to give you therapy. Please don't think this is therapy because that's not what this is. This is not just officially. what my, yeah, for us it is. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, but sometimes people just need a little space, man. And I know that when somebody's breathing down my neck and they want some kind of emotional answer for me, I'm like, oh, so you want me to just jump through fucking hoops for you? You want me to just give you what you need just because you, s I get that. You say that, but you would give that to your kids. Not in, not sometimes in the moment. Yeah, maybe, actually. Oh, so this is about you. Well, you know what? I'm a fucking person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, it does, you have, and, but when I, but this, again, goes back to the first thing we were talking about at the top of the show was taking care of yourself helps you see the forest for the trees. Right. And gives you the time to be like, oh, you know what? When I tell my daughter X, Y, and Z about X, Y, and Z, I could see why she feels that way. Now let me go and be constructive with her and explain to her why I said the things that I said and take full accountability for why right. she feels that way. Yeah, that was my point. That was what I was trying to get to was that, yeah, I think because my mom didn't do a lot of those things. I think like she literally was like, being Ed's mom is my whole identity now, mm -hmm. even though it was like manifested in a different way than like westernized world white America knows, you know? Where it's right. like, oh, I'm gonna put them in all these activities. It wasn't that way with my right. mom. My mom's way of dedicating her life to me was providing and then pushing me to be the best at everything. Right. And that pressure, because she didn't have other outlets, other interests, it just like, and it wasn't like, I'm not a rock. I didn't turn into a diamond. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I just did what anything else does under pressure. I like crumbled, folded, and then had to like, uncrumble myself and try to be a whole person again. And like, you know what I mean? On my yeah. own. So it's like, I'm not saying that most, uh, everyone needs that, but I guarantee like 98% of people probably don't do well under that kind of parenting. And like, no, how could you? Yeah. It's just too much. And I think somewhere along the way, that's the reason why my mom stopped realizing that she's not pushing me to be better. She's just making me feel not good enough ever. You know, and I think that's the problem is that now she has like 30 some years of that conditioning and she's right. trying to figure out like, oh, was that even wrong? Like, right. what did I even do? Where right. do I have to work? You know, and like, I get it. I just also like was raised in a Western area, like, you know, philosophy where I'm like, why do I have to bear the brunt of that while you figure it out? Of course. I have to because and, you're my and mom. now we're approaching two things that are very, very different, right? Our parents, you know, Eastern mentalities, especially around mental health and emotional health where they really didn't have any. And then us coming up in a time where it's such a like important thing and people talk about it and they're so open about it, you know, and things like that. And it's like, I mean, you know, taking two things that are diametrically opposed and trying to fuse them together takes a lot of fucking work and it takes a lot of stress, you know? And I think that's kind of where you find yourself. And I think I think that's where a lot of us find ourselves, you know, trying to manage those things. Yeah, I think a lot of Asian parents need to come to the realization that a lot of times happy people are successful people. Yeah. But successful people aren't always, always happy. happy. So maybe you're prioritizing the wrong thing. 
because it's weird to hear my mom now being like, I just want you to be happy. Well, that's Since weird. fucking when? Yeah, because you've always pushed me to be the best. Right. Number one at everything, which is crazy, which, because now I'm like, unless I'm good at it, I get so much anxiety in doing anything mm-hmm. that I don't do it. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, psychology, it's real. <laughs> On that note, do you feel better? feel like you cleansed? I do. Good. I do feel better. Good. I just like, I, if I can turn my pain into helping other people. I think you have. I, think, I know you have. I think that brings me a lot of joy. And comfort, I'm sure. Yeah. Good. Well, you know And it feels like it wasn't for not, you know? It wasn't. It's not. And it's continuing to not be. So I think, you know, we all go through some terrible shit. And if we can find ways to put the pain of that and spin it positively back out into the world, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort, but I think you're doing a good job of it. Yeah, so sorry, not sorry, this was heavy, but for those of you who maybe don't have the best relationship. With your moms. You're not alone and it's okay. Or if you're the kind of mom who wants to try to be better and work on herself, it's hard, you know? And I think we can all always try to be better. And however that manifests for each of us individually inside of our relationships with our mothers or outside of the relationships with our mothers or being a mother yourself, it takes so much work, it all does. But I know you've helped me today. Thanks. You've shown me things that I know inherently in myself exist and things that I know that I can work on. So I thank you today. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for listening and all, you know, being insightful and just being a guiding ear. Oh, yeah. On that note, yeah, everybody this, go drink a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> I know we or all Or take a it. shot of sake, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah. Smoke a Jay. But thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we hope that, you know, everything that we say and do somehow, you know, circles back into the world, you know, for something positive. So uh, thanks again for listening and watching. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those things where like for people who aren't experiencing it or aren't in a heavy place are like, whoa, that's heavy. But for those of us who live through it, it's refreshing. I think so. I think so. I think it helps us, you know, validating, set the sure. reset yeah. a little bit for ourselves. Yeah, like Susie said on that note, we do want to thank you as always for joining in. You guys on really hang in there and we appreciate it. Deep <laughs> conversations, which, you know, can be a little tough. It's heavy. But I think it's for everyone's betterment. I think so too. At least for me, I know it is. Yeah. And apparently I'm okay with just doing it publicly. <laughs> but either way, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can follow us on our social medias. You can find Susie at Suja1 on TikTok and Instagram. You can find me on everything at Etch a Sketch with a J and What in the Shiba at What in the Shiba. But other than that, if you are watching us on YouTube, uh, please make sure you like, subscribe, not follow, and ring that bell. Ding a ling ling. <laughs> Otherwise, thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. Okay, okay bye. bye. That was a bit somber. <laughs> <laughs>